Hey everyone, welcome to She's My Person podcast, presented to you by myself, Ellen, and my co-host, Jenna. Hey y'all. Before we dive into the nitty gritty, we want to tell you a little bit about who we are and what we hope to share with you on She's My Person podcast. When people ask me what I do for a living, I like to tell them I'm an entrepreneur. But really, that's just a fancy way to say I was laid off at the beginning of this crazy pandemic we are all in. I was on the University of Pittsburgh track and field team. You can find my name listed in the record book on the 4x15 relay team. I still call Pittsburgh home with a heart for the Penguins and Steelers. I'm the spontaneous one of the duo, excited about a plan I've been. I feel deeply, but with a lighthearted approach, and if there's ever been a time for needing my person, it's 2020. Hey y'all, I'm Jenna, and I'm the more emotional one of the two. Being a business owner in the middle of a global pandemic has only elevated that to a new level of dramatics. I graduated from High Point University in North Carolina, and I've been a Southern girl ever since. I now call the sandy beaches of Hilton Head Island home. I'm the calculated one, but I find comfort in the crazy when I'm with my person. We dream as hard as we love, and we are excited to show you the balance that makes us, us. This friendship is our anchor, and it's not lost on how rare this is to have a constant in a world that only knows how to change. To have something effortless in a world that seems to always need more. To love someone so fiercely that prioritizing them comes as naturally as breathing. Her words are the only that speak louder than my insecurity. She's the standing ovation for every win and the cozy place to fall for every loss. It's the soul-bearing, truth-telling, life-giving safe space that I couldn't exist without. We hope the depth of our connection and the vulnerability that we bring to the table gives you the courage to cultivate it in your own world. We invite you to actively participate and engage with us during each conversation we have. We are so grateful that you are here and we cannot wait to share what's next. Hey y'all, I'm Jenna. Hey everyone, I'm Ellen. Welcome to our first episode of She's My Person podcast. We are so excited to be here with y'all today. We shared an episode last week that just gave you a little intro into who we are, why we're here, a little insight into the depth of our friendship. So we're just really going to expand on that today with the theme of this first series really being the level of vulnerability and unconditional support that we found in our friendship over the last, it's been over a decade at this point. So we just thought it would be a good place to start to share an experience with you that was a moment of deep vulnerability. You know, the moment where you're almost ashamed to face anybody, including yourself, because of that fear of judgment and acceptance. And so we really leaned hard on each other in so many moments like that. But we both have just one in particular that we start that we thought we would kick this off with because we feel as though it's something that y'all can really relate into. Yeah, we really want to share some of our most vulnerable moments with you. So you feel like if you ever had anything you need to share with us, you could share those with us too, or, you know, whatever that might be. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we've, we've both been through a lot of different things and we approach our vulnerability in different ways, which we're also going to touch on after we talk a little bit about an experience that really shaped us. And so for me, I was in an emotionally abusive relationship for gosh, like, (laughs) What was it all like over too a long. year, two years, yeah, too, too long. It was too long, y'all. Too long. Um, it was too long. So it was, but yeah, was, over, I would say over about a year, probably. 
Yeah, I think his like hold on me, like the tie was a lot longer than that, which Mm -hmm. I almost think like the after part of the relationship was harder than the actual relationship itself. Yeah, I I would agree with that. Yeah. And so it was at like such a pivotal point. I actually feel like in both of our lives, like I feel like we were both trying to figure out who we were because you were still finishing. Were you still finishing college at that point? I feel like maybe. Yep. Yep. Yeah, because I finished a little bit. Senior year. Yeah, I finished a little bit earlier. And so I was actually we're living... talking like two years ago for everyone. Yeah. Is that about? Yeah, that would have been the time. Well, for yeah, I guess going like, on three years. Yeah, it was like 2017. Yeah. Yep. So I was actually living in Hilton Head. I had already purchased the rights to open my first PR bar studio in Maryland and was waiting for real estate and things like that to come into play. So I moved to Hilton Head for a year to basically learn the ropes. There's a PR bar studio here, which I'm actually currently the owner of that one. And I'll share that journey on another episode, but it's a long one with a lot of parts, but basically I met this guy, I moved to the Island and I had just gotten out of like a pretty extensive college fling. I don't really think you can call it really a relationship. It was a fling. And I was like, you know, I'm not going to date. I told Elle, like, I'm just going to have fun. I'm just like going to enjoy this year and really focus on my professional career. And that lasted about like two weeks. (laughs) It's always, it's always when you think you don't want a relationship and you're, you're not even in the mindset that then you're in one. It's it's never when you're looking for one. It's when you're not looking. (laughs) Yeah. We've had many times in our life where we're like, you know, okay, we're ready for like to meet someone or whatever. And that's when it doesn't happen. And then the times where we're like overflowing with everything else in our life, that's when the people seem to show up. So yeah. So basically I met this guy, we were we had gone on a date and it was a lot of emotion up front. It was probably the most I've ever felt for somebody at that time in my life on a first date. And so things escalated quickly and I was living fully on my own for the first time ever. I mean, I had lived obviously away from my family when I was in college, but I was like, I had my own apartment. So that's a new element of loneliness. And of also just like, I feel like when we're alone, it's when we have to face the most honest parts of who we are. And I think at that point, I was still battling an eating disorder. I was still dealing with a lot of things internally that I wasn't ready to face. So jumping into this relationship, opening my heart, kind of giving my all to that was a distraction from the work that I should have been doing on myself to prepare myself for not only business ownership, but just like to mentally be in a good place that was in alignment with my heart. And so I fell head over heels almost instantly for him. And the beginning of the relationship was so solid and it was, you know, anybody who's ever been in any kind of abusive relationship, whether it be emotional, obviously physical adds a whole other element, but most of the time, the beginning's really good. It's almost like an overwhelming amount of love and affection. And, you know, it makes you feel like you're the best woman in the world because like they need that time to get you attached to them so that then they have that power to manipulate your emotions and to make you feel like you need them to reach your equilibrium. So a few months in, it started to get to the point where it was like, it was his job to break me down and then his job to build me up. So I got addicted to the roller coaster of the back and forth, because if I was feeling off center, off balance or emotionally unstable, I felt like I needed him to go back to that place of like an equilibrium in my heart. And so it was, you know, Elle got so many calls, even during the relationship. Like I said, a lot of the damage came afterwards, but definitely during there was so much back and forth. And so he would say that 
you know, when I look back now, because when you're in it, you just don't see it the same way. But I look back now and I'm like, if somebody said that to me today, you know what I mean? Like I would be just totally in a different head and heart space. But, you know, it's hindsight's always 20-20. Well, right. And sometimes you have to go through it to even be able to see it fully. Like you have to experience the bad side of things and go through the negativity to be able to look from the outside and realize what you were dealing with at that time. Yeah. And it was also, you know, like Elle had a pretty serious relationship like early on in her life that I'm sure we'll get into at some point. But for me, it was really my, my first, like, I didn't really have like a serious boyfriend that I was taking home to my family. I didn't really do that at all, even during college. So there was also a part of me that was attached to finally having a boyfriend and finally having that partner. And, you know, I feel like so many of us, especially in high school and college, we're, that's like what people tell us to do. We're supposed to fall in love. We're supposed to find this person. It's almost like our identity and our worth comes yeah. in our ability to have somebody else love us. So I was also attached to, to that, just to that the idea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I was like, you know, because I've never done this before, maybe this is how it's supposed to be. You know, maybe I'm supposed to like cry and it's supposed to be this hard. And so there were two pivotal moments in the relationship. The first one came actually while we were still pretty early on. And he had just said some really awful things and then like actually walked out the door. And I had the first panic attack that I've ever had in my life. And Elle can kind of speak to the fact that most of the time I'm pretty secure and put together and confident in myself. And this relationship totally like knocked all of that. And so that moment was like, I almost actually ended up leaning into the relationship harder after that happened. I should have leaned away and I leaned towards it because I felt as though I needed us to be okay for me to be okay. And I think that was probably pretty hard for Elle to love me through (laughs) because I think she saw, you know, she saw like, you know, and that's the thing about best friends. It's like, I see for her what she deserves and she sees for me what I deserve. And so that's really the point of this whole first episode is just the point that even though we see that, even though we know that it doesn't affect like our judgment or the unconditional aspect of our friendship. Right. And so the relationship continued and I'll like keep this short because to be honest, he doesn't even deserve space in this, in this series. (laughs) But when we broke up, I had just moved to Maryland to open my first pure bar studio, which if you aren't familiar with that, it's a ballet based strength workout. It's a franchise and I knew no one in the town. So I was, you know, opening a business in a town I had never been to. I was 21 years old. I was terrified. It was the most like alone I've ever felt because I literally really had nobody. And my family was two hours away, but they honestly could have been 14 because it was like all I did was work from sunup to sundown. And the relationship actually ended up ending about two weeks into business ownership. And so... And it wasn't good for the two weeks of you getting there either. No, it wasn't. You had to deal with that on top of moving to Maryland. Well, I was already, you know, looking back on it now, it's like, I know that I was already in emotional overdrive at that point. You know, it's like, I didn't even have any space for that relationship in general. So that being thrown on top of everything else that I was battling it just took me to my knees. Like I really just didn't have the strength to face any of it. And it's our breakup is one of the most, like I was, I was ashamed of it for a very long time because I actually like begged him to stay. I begged him to love me. I begged him to not give up on this. Like I just needed some like, and you know, we just talked about this the other day. We shared an Instagram post on it, but even unhealthy security is security. And I just wanted so badly to have something to like cling onto when it came to the romantic 
realm that I was trying to save something that was not worth saving. Well, and, and I, I think ahead. the hardest part about that relationship was he would give you glimpses of hope <laughs> and he would throw things your way just to keep you there and keep you interested enough, but not give you the full validation that you guys were together. It would just be like he would throw you the smallest thing to work with and then you you would obviously fall for it. I mean, as sad as that is, but you would think, oh, maybe things are getting better. And then he would turn around a week later and be the same guy that he was. And so that made for my emotional health to be stable because there were moments where I needed to call Elle hysterical or I needed to call my mom hysterical and I needed them to hold me when I was breaking. But then I also needed them to support the love the next day when he came back with the validation and I was ready to jump back in with both feet. And so it became like this cycle that not only my heart was in, but also the people that loved and cared about me were a part of too. And then we can link a post in this episode that I shared basically after that ended because it ended up going viral. A lot of women deal with this. So if you are listening to this and you deal with this, know that you're not alone in that by any stretch of imagination. But after the relationship ended, he didn't let go. He was like very cold at the end, ignored me, whatever. And then we just like come back in with, I still love you, or we're going to be together someday. Or like a text, like right when my heart was about ready to be like, I deserve more than this. It was like, it was almost like he had this instinctive ability to be like, she's almost done. So let me just like, hold on to her, you know? And it was like (laughs) this unhealthy attachment style that went back and forth for so long. But there was one night where I had let my heart believe that we were going to head back together because there was like about maybe two weeks, which is the longest he had gone being nice to me, which as I say that out loud, I know how ridiculous that sounds. But it was the longest like good period that we had had since our relationship. And then he called me on FaceTime, literally just to be rude. It was like, you know, all of these words about how he never loved me and how our relationship was never what he wanted. And like, just, just stuff that he knew would break me. And just to paint the full picture for you guys, I was living in a house that I couldn't afford to furnish yet. So I'm sleeping on a mattress on the floor by myself. It was like one o'clock in the morning. And I texted Elle and I was like, I, I just need to hear your voice. Like, I just need you to call. And I just, I was like, I was at the point where I was hyperventilating. And so, yeah, I called Elle and I was hyperventilating. I was crying harder than I've cried to date. And it was, it was about that relationship, but it was about so much more than that. I just, I felt like everything I had been holding in because I had to be put together to run my business, like came out at 1am on the phone with you. And so I'm going to let her speak a little bit about what that's like. Cause I think sometimes knowing what your friend's thinking can be helpful to know that, you know, cause I think sometimes when we share things like that, we're thinking that maybe they're silently judging us. And sometimes it's reassuring to hear that that love extends even when it isn't vocal. Yeah. You know, when Jenna would text me or she would call me, I would, I would see her name pop up. And for, at first I would think it would just be something silly that she was texting me. Cause we really don't text that much. Usually if we're going to talk, it's going to be on the phone. So when I see her name pop up, I, I usually look at it pretty quick. <laughs> and, and when she's asking to hear my voice or she just needs to call me, I know she's not okay. Cause she doesn't, even though she's vulnerable, she doesn't ask for much when it comes to something like this. So I, I take it very seriously. And when, when she asked that, I, I called her and I could just tell in her voice, she, w- she really wasn't okay. And honestly, it, it broke me more than any man has ever broke me <laughs> to hear her in that, in that place because I just, I couldn't be there. I was frustrated that she was going through what she was. I knew exactly how the guy had been treating her. And I knew at this point, like it was, she was making it almost like 
a personal thing. And I think it was, it was affecting her so much that she couldn't even truly think straight. So for, for me to sit there and try to talk her through it, I knew it wasn't really going to get us anywhere, mostly because she just wasn't even in the mindset to hear advice. Like she truly was just shut down. So I, I really just did my best to stay strong and not break down myself because hearing your person (laughs) on the other line and them broken like that, it's, it's really difficult to, to not just want to start breaking down too. But I just, I tried to just listen to her and hope that maybe, you know, me just being on the phone, she would feel me there and be able to calm down. And, and obviously, you know, it wasn't like we hung up the phone laughing, which we've done that before, but not in this instance. But I do I think, actually, after... I think we slept on the phone that night. <laughs> That's like the only time we've ever done that. <laughs> You're right. We yeah. did. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Because, yeah. Well, and on top of the hold that this relationship had on you, like you had mentioned, you're in a completely new state. I mean, you've never lived in Maryland. So you're in this new environment. You're alone. Your house was actually pretty big, which oddly <laughs> plays into feeling really alone. Yeah, it does. You're, you're just, you don't feel like you have that comfort side. So to be able to just sit on the phone with you and be there for you, I think, I mean, you obviously can speak to this more than I can, but I think it really did go a lot farther than you would think. Because in my head, I was like, what do I do? Do I, do I try to talk her out of this? Do I try to like tell her to break things off right now? And, and all of those things are reactions as a friend, because you just want them out of the situation. Like it's, it's, it's basically like your gut reaction. Like, how can I get them out of the situation as fast as I can? But sometimes you have to unfortunately sit through that situation and, and basically just sit in those emotions and just be there through it. And, and kind of, I mean, I felt like I was in it in a sense. I mean, obviously I can't compare the emotional hold that he had on you, Jenna, but I, I did feel at times like I was going through it because I saw that coming and I saw that, you know, there were enough events that were taking place that you were at your breaking point, but it, it was the hardest when it actually happened because I could feel how real it really was. Well, and I think sometimes like the silent love is the loudest and we have gotten to the point you know, when you're friends with somebody for a decade, although it was kind of immediate for us, but our energy is very in tune with the other one. We're very aware, like almost to a level that that shocks us like regularly, because it's like, we just, (laughs) we just get what the other one is feeling. And so I think the biggest lesson that I've learned in every vulnerable moment that we've had in our friendship is how important it is to know that sometimes it isn't, love doesn't need to be action-based. You know, just the fact that like, she was there. I knew I wasn't alone. And also when you aren't in a place to receive the advice, somebody's showing up because deep down in your heart, like, you know, that what you're putting up with is not okay. Like if you're in a relationship that repetitively sacrifices the most sacred parts of who you are, you already know that you don't need your best friend or your mom or anybody else to tell you that you already know. And sometimes when they do tell you that because you're still so in it, because the emotions are still so big and so strong, your immediate reaction is to get defensive. And so in the silent way that Elle showed up throughout that whole relationship, it was almost like I wasn't even like, I didn't even feel worthy of the acceptance that she was giving me because I knew in my heart it was wrong. And so in that, in the fact that she wasn't the one telling me to leave or she wasn't the one judging me or saying like, how can you keep putting up with this? Like that never came out of her mouth. 
it was just like this level of she sees what I'm worth, so why can't I? And in that, I've been able to step into my worth and start to cultivate relationships that now respect and honor that. So, you know, I think that silent love, like I'm here and I'm not going to say anything. You're just worthy of me to show up for you, even when you don't feel like you deserve it, can just speak volumes. Yeah. And I think it's important too, just to recognize, you know, if you do give in or you go back to that relationship, if you're the other person or the the friend on the other side, if you can continue to show, like with you, Jenna, I feel like I continue to show you your worth and I was there for you when, when you were down, but you know, we also build each other back up. So it was never me telling you what to do in the relationship and vice versa. You don't do this with me, but it was more, let me tell you what you could do without it. And then you make up your mind and then and you're not deciding it for them as much as you'd love to say we're done with him (laughs) let's move on yeah it's not that easy when you're in the actual relationship and I know that and there were things even about him that I saw and I saw that he did care for you just wasn't a healthy care like it wasn't a healthy way of showing it so I I never I never judged the fact that you wanted to be in the good side of the relationship so if you would go back even I think after that night you still went back so, a yeah. few times yep. and, yep. I, and I never and yeah. I never felt like you were stupid for that I just on my side was just I think frustrated knowing what your value and your worth was but I never wanted to voice that in a way that made you feel like you couldn't experience this for yourself because you're you're such a smart person and I know at the end of the day you're going to make the decision that's right for you just sometimes like I said earlier you have to go through it before you can fully know what what you're dealing with. Well, and I think equality, and I'm going to wrap this up, but equality that I possess, you know, I'm a strong believer that our strengths are amazing until they're turned up too loud and then they become our weaknesses. And, you know, I really like to see the best in people almost to a fault. Like if you give me a little glimmer of hope or I see like a little flicker of light in your soul, I'm like, well, let me just love the shit out of you until you start to honor that part of yourself. But it's like in doing that, we self-sacrifice and we end up accepting so much less than what we deserve. And so that relationship was a really big wake up call because it was just this reminder that you, your heart can love as deep as the Atlantic Ocean. But if that person is not ready to see who they actually are, there's no amount of love and no amount of support that's going to bring that out. And Elle and I, in the way that we give advice, like we're very honest. We're not those friends that just like nod the head and say like, whatever you want to do. Like we very much say what we feel is the right thing for them, but it's accompanied with this silent, like I will support and love you regardless. I will stand next to you regardless. So it's like, we feel safe to give the advice. We feel safe to get vulnerable. And then we know even if we aren't in the place to act on it, that at the end of the day, we're still going to be there for that person. So yeah. anyway, and, that relationship and actually, is something I'm sure we'll get into more <laughs> at some point. <laughs> <laughs> actually, it was this morning, Jen and I were getting kind of emotional reading. She sent me a, a post on Instagram, and I'm just going to read the, the last line, yeah. the last two lines of the post, but it says the girl who will give you good advice and hold you because you didn't take it invest in her she will be your person and that oh, and that health. just <laughs> i know <sighs> because that just shows right there like no matter what no matter what we're going through or what it is we're going to hold you even if you might not agree with the other because we know that at the end of the day our happiness and the love for each other is really all that matters 
yeah, and it, and the post like you know started speaking about you know being eighteen, and it's like everything feels so big in the moment. The man that you're loving, the relationship that you're in, the business decision that you're making, your current financial situation, like all of that stuff, moment to moment, day to day, feels so massive. Like nothing's ever going to be this hard, you know. And I think especially this year, so much of that is showing up. And like when I read that post, it like brought tears to my eyes because the only thing that I had at 18 that I still have now other than my family is Ellen. And so, you know, it was just a reminder that in that moment, she was the most important. In this moment, she's the most important. And we've gotten to the place where we realized that having that person, having that friendship is the rock and the stabilization that we need when everything else in the world is chaotic. Absolutely. And I think, you know, obviously, Jenna was able to talk to her experience and her vulnerability and how she called me immediately. And and I, I would say I'm actually kind of the opposite. And I think that's why we balance each other out so well, because I, I experienced, I mean, this was probably four years ago now, I would say, but I had a pretty serious injury and I'll dive more deeply into the details of it, but it was during my college career. It actually basically ended my junior to senior year of track track and cross country I was running for the University of Pittsburgh so it was it was a pretty hard time of life in general for me so I was an athlete at the University of Pittsburgh I was a track and field athlete and it it ended my junior and senior year and you know that was a really hard time for me because that was basically my life and that's what I put a lot of my time into so the injury itself was it was pretty unique. There was a lot of things involved and there was a lot to it. So that the doctors that I was dealing with, they really didn't know what was going on and they were trying just about anything, but they didn't really understand the seriousness of the injury. So they were kind of, unfortunately, they were kind of downplaying it. So in, in an athlete's mind, when a doctor or someone who's supposed to be a professional or someone above you is telling you, Hey, this is what it is. Like, basically throw some ice on it you'll be fine to run then you're gonna do it like I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna sit out or not participate if it was something that I felt like I could push through even though internally I really didn't think that I could but because everyone else was saying I could then I just I I did that so yeah and I I think I I think speaking to your your personality too a little bit just to give our audience an idea of how dedicated you are to just life in general but like Ellen didn't even start running until like the end of high school. Like we used to play basketball together, which is how we met actually, which is so funny because that feels so far removed from the friendship that we have now. Um, We have a picture that maybe we'll share with you at some point in our life that just shows how long we've been friends and the depth of which we've loved each other in. But I think that, you know, she was so dedicated. I mean, she ended up, you know, running at the division one level with very little like running experience and, just everything that she does, she puts her entire heart into. She's a natural athlete and she naturally has the attitude that like, if she can show up, even if she's in pain or whatever, it's like, she's gonna, she's going to show up. Like if she can physically be there, she's going to do that. Like there's nothing about her that ever babies anything. And so, you know, I tend to have a more dramatic approach, but when she like comes to me, even with a little bit of something, I'm like, this is actually 10 times worse than what she's telling me, because it's like, you know, it's like, she's, she's to that level of like, you know, oh, it's fine. Or like this person needs me to do this. And so I think that that was really a huge part of that component of her life. She didn't want to let her team down and she didn't want to let herself down or her coaches down. And so you know, she wanted the doctors to just listen to them and to tell herself that she was okay. And I think you did that for, you know, quite a while. 
I did. I did. I think to the point where it actually made the injury worse, (laughs) where I probably could have maybe gotten back by my senior year, but I pushed myself too much. And, and to come to you and just tell you more than I told anyone else about the injury was hard for me. Like as crazy as that sounds and as close as we are, it was, it was hard to fully admit to you that, you know, like I really didn't feel like I could stop. And, and I don't think I even completely could tell you how bad it was until you came to visit probably like end of junior year middle of junior year you came to Pittsburgh and I just remember standing I think we were in line at Starbucks or something I mean it was the randomest thing but yeah we weren't I mean we didn't have a lot of time in our adolescence to even see each other like our friendship because we went to different schools both for high school and for college you know, we had to fit in visits where we could. And I think it was just like a weekend that I came to, I think it actually might've been my birthday weekend. I feel like that I came to Pittsburgh to spend some time with her and she got in a car. I was like, I like still remember it. I was like still driving my white truck (laughs) (laughs) and she like got in the car and I just like took one look at her face and I was just like, oh my gosh, like she's not okay. And it was like an instinctive, like, I can't believe I didn't notice this sooner or that she hasn't shared it with me or whatever. And so I, did we end up, I think we ended up going to like urgent care or something. That yeah. Day. yeah, we did. <laughs> we made sure of it. It was, it was a very motherly moment. We were, we had quite a few plans that just turned right into med express urgent care. Well, the irony of it is like, you're, that was the day I found out I was going to be a care bar owner too. Like it was one of the most yep. pivotal days in our friendship because I was like, okay, she's not okay. We got to figure this out. And like my future is like, I literally got the call that I was going to be an owner when we were outside of urgent care that day. So So, it was a very like non-forgettable day. Yeah, it really (laughs) was. But I think, I think what I would speak to the most out of that whole experience was after that moment and after I, I, sometimes I kind of need Jenna to pull that out of me a little and force me to open up. And I, I think that's a good thing as long as, you know, she doesn't, she doesn't push the limits, but I think it's good to kind of force it for someone that doesn't naturally open up and naturally express like when they're feeling a certain way or get vulnerable. And, and for Jen and I's relationship, she's always gone about it in a way where I feel comfortable to open up and to talk to her and, and tell her really how I am feeling. So that was a really important time for me because I, I had been keeping it in for so long. And really, that's not that probably was making me feel even worse. Like just having her to tell and talk to and letting her understand where I was at made me feel better in the whole situation. And really nothing came out. I don't know why I didn't tell her sooner. I don't know why it was something I kept in, but as soon as she saw me, she was able to say, you know, you're not okay. Like you could stop running tomorrow and no one's going to be mad at you. You know, like she made, she made me feel better about, making a decision that's best for me and not that I'm letting everyone else down. Well, yeah. And I think sometimes it actually, you know, it took us a while in our friendship because we can very easily, and for me, like I can very easily have the conversations be centered around what's going on in my life. And Elle's just such a good listener that, you know, it took a while for me to know how to ask and know how to like give her the space to feel like she can get to that level of vulnerability because, you know, she has it. And like that depth and that emotion is all there. But like, if something else feels more pressing, if what's going on in my life feels more important to her, like she's going to push that to the side and prioritize me. And so, you know, I think if you have a friend 
like that. And for her, like she helps me calm down. It's like the dramatic approach that I take to my vulnerability is calmer when I'm with her because I, it doesn't feel like it has to be this end all be all life changing situation. <laughs> and for her, it's like, you know, I've learned that she needs that silent space or even that prodding or even me asking and then, you know, giving her that space to speak to it. So, you know, it's interesting that our friendship is so like, we're so alike, but we're so different in so many ways. And I think, you know, going through that situation, the same way when she was with me through my relationship experience, it was really hard for me to see her go through that because she was so wrapped up in her coach and in her last season and in feeling like she needed to show up for her team. And I understood where she was coming from, but I also was looking at like my best friend that I've loved since we were 10. And I'm like, she's just not herself. Like she's going to possibly, you know, completely not be okay for like a lot of years if she continues to push through this. And so it was like, I was seeing the bigger picture when she couldn't the same way that she was doing that in my relationship. Um, And that she also did when I was going through an eating disorder, which we'll definitely have probably, we'll probably have a whole episode just on what we've dealt with with our bodies and how we've gotten to the place that we're at now. But you know, having a friend in your life that sees the bigger picture that says, I understand why your heart feels the way that it does. But like, I'm just here to bring you the honest fact that if you never run another race, or if you leave this this relationship now, that like five years from now, there's going to be no part of you that feels as though you failed, you know, you made the best decision for yourself at that time. But there's moments in all of our lives where we don't feel like we have the courage to do that without the help without the assistance of another person. Yeah, absolutely. Real quick, Jenna. So yeah, y'all, I just hope that this episode gave you an idea of who we are as people, the depth that we're willing to go to. We really want to share our hearts and our experiences with you on a level that dives below surface level so that you feel safe to honor your own experiences and to share those. So we'll actually be bringing a guest next week, Kennedy Curry. She also has her podcast and she runs a women's coaching business as well. So we're just super excited to also show you that. Yeah, we're, it was, it's, she's amazing. And she really is having hard conversations. And so we're just excited to show you how our friendship even has ignited deeper connections with other people in our world. Yeah, because, you know, the, the ability to be vulnerable and to feel comfortable and not feel like you're being judged goes right into having a hard conversation. So we're really excited to talk to Kennedy and kind of share some some more about having hard conversations and being vulnerable. And hopefully you guys are just as excited and you were able to relate to some of the stuff that we were talking about today. Yeah. And connect with us on Instagram. Let us know what you think. We're here to, we're here to listen to you and bring you the content that you feel like is going to be helpful. So please don't ever hesitate to reach out to us. Talk to you soon. Bye y'all. Bye.